Welcome to Stranger Bridgerland Podcast. True stories of the paranormal, ghosts, hauntings, cryptids, glitches, and more. Welcome back, guys. Sorry for the little bit of a hiatus there. We uh, we were gone for a week. Uh, we had some family issues we were dealing with and kind of still are, but that's okay. Living um, La Vida Loca at our house. Yeah, so it's been a little crazy. Um, for those of you that don't know, uh, my wife and I are taking care of my parents. Um, my mom's on hospice and my dad got sent to the hospital and um, they're both doing a little better now. I mean, mom's still on hospice, but and dad's still away but um, they're starting to get a little bit better a little bit strength that is and so um yeah we were missed a week which we we missed doing this this is a lot of fun yeah so. i think we realized midweek maybe you realized earlier but midweek i was like uh we missed sunday yeah we missed sunday and we we're like oh no so um i appreciate everybody who reached <laughs> out and and said hey where's your podcast that made me feel good because makes me think people are listening and that's good. So I, I really appreciate everybody that's that listens to our podcast and enjoys it. Hopefully it's it's good. So, and uh, we did announce uh, our next speaker for Para X. Next two speakers for Para X. <laughs> yeah, he goes, hey, look online. You're a speaker for Para X. So I said, no, 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 no. Yep, you're a speaker with me at Para X. So. Oh, so you're gonna speak, and I'll just stand there. You'll you'll nod your head and. I, no, and agree. No, everybody's gonna come to see you, not me. So it's uh, enough. It's a good. You stop. But, but we will be speaking at Para X um, in October, October fourteenth and fifteenth is when Para X is. Um, we're uh, getting going on a lot of things right now. We're, we've been announcing speakers and and our. Uh, the people who are sponsoring it's you know it's a little bit slower this year because of the i think because of the economy there's less people that want to that are trying to do booths but we're still filling up so if anybody is interested in doing a booth you know we're you can contact annie or through the website and uh, yeah go to strangerbridgeland.com and there's a pair of x link there or you can email john at olsonj243 at gmail.com and just let him know you have some interest so it's in it's going to be in Logan, Utah at the fairgrounds, um, just so everybody is sort of aware of where that is. Yep, here in northern Utah. So, um, but, uh, and then uh, just kind of a little uh, side note, this week I'm going to be on Night Dreams Radio. Uh, what day is that? That is with, um, oh boy, I've lost it. It's on the 30th. What day is the 30th? I think, I think that's, that's Thursday or Friday. No, Wednesday. I think it's Wednesday. Is Wednesday? Well, 30th is Wednesday. Yep, I'm going to be on Night Dreams Radio on the 30th, um, speaking with the guest there, um, with Gary Anderson. He's really a great guy. I've been on that show before. It's so much fun. So if you get a chance, look up Night Dreams Talk Radio. Uh, we're going to be talking Stranger Bridgerland and talking a little bit about our podcast. And so it'll be. It'll be a lot of fun, so I, cool. I'm excited to, to talk with Gary and, and catch up with him, and he has some really cool stories, too, and we talk Bigfoot, UFOs, ghosts, and... All the things. All the things. It's it's a lot of fun. I've, I've done a lot of podcasts, and um, 
and there's so many that are great out there that I've done and um, but Gary's uh, or yeah, Gary's one of the one of the ones I really love going on too so um, if you're interested in that that'll be on Wednesday the 30th so and I was gonna say the last time we were on this is funny the last time we were on the last episode I wished everybody a happy Father's Day well, it's a good uh, thing you did because we missed because we that's true we missed Father's Day so it was a good thing that I did that but it's all right I went through all morning thinking it was Father's Day and kind of angry at my kids. They didn't call me. And I was like, oh, those dirty kids are so mean to me. We even and then, brought your dad's and we brought, Yeah, we brought my dad. Sorry. We brought my dad's card in and he's like, it's not Father's Day. That's next week. And I was like, oh. But at least we were prepared. We a lot were of times prepared. we're not prepared. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We were prepared. We were a week prepared early. So, so Yeah. Forgiveness to my children for you know asking for forgiveness because I was like ah oh, my kids didn't call me mean kids dirty buggers dirty buggers and oh it wasn't Father's Day so that was my bad <laughs> we were way off so but anyway we're this month has just gone by so fast I know, that it's, it's hard to keep track this summer is already going by fast and there's been so much going on and we're getting ready to re- release um. Stranger Paranormal, book six, in August. Yes, so. it's with the editor right now. Yep, it's with <clears> the <throat> editor. <clears throat> if she'll get it <clears throat> going on that, that'd be great. But you know, we won't point out fingers on anybody. But... Hey, you just point it. <laughs> so, yeah, it's busy with Para-X, getting that together, and then having some family issues. We fell behind on our podcast, but we're back. We're back. So, And today, we've got kind of a cool one. It's one that I wanted to do, and it's one of those that I mentioned in the other podcast, the last podcast, and you're like, you need to write them down. So I wrote this one down. It's uh, Stranger Bennington Triangle. The Bennington Triangle. Now, we touched on that last time uh, on the last... It's on the East Coast? It's on the East Coast in Vermont. Yep, in, in part of Vermont. Why are they triangles? I don't know. That's a good question, because you have the Alaskan Triangle, which... Colton and I did an episode on the Alaskan Triangle. The Bermuda Triangle. The Bermuda Triangle, which is really important. There's a triangle in the Great Lakes that has a similar really? thing. Yeah, a similar thing to the, the other one. Um, I don't know why it's triangles. That's kind of weird, you know. I know that the pyramid is a is a, a sacred object to a lot of ancient civilizations and new, new age civilizations, or new age religions. Um, so I don't know. Who knows why? triangles and pyramids are they it's weird though who decided that i don't know that's a good question <laughs> well and then my bigfoot triangle that i i put together um in northern utah because it entangles all a lot of um the uh, sightings of bigfoot in the cache county or the cache national forest i turned that into a triangle but i did that because everything else is a triangle i mean i guess you know, even on Skinwalker Ranch, they had that triangle. Yeah, they've got the triangle yeah. on Skinwalker Ranch. I mean, I guess if you start mapping points where people disappear yeah. or points where things are happening and they find, fit into a triangle, Tri- then it's a triangle. Well, and that, and I think, you know, um, you know, octagon doesn't exactly roll off the tongue. If you're like, Bermuda octagon, <laughs> that wouldn't roll off the tongue quite as well as Bermuda triangle. I think that sounds kind of cool, though. That's true. Maybe I should make mine an octagon, the Cache County octagon. Nah. No, nah. Nah. just to be different. 
Well, what's cool about the Bennington Triangle, again, it's, um, uh, that term was coined by a New England author, Joseph uh, uh, Citro, Citro um, during a radio broadcast in, in 1992, when he was talking about all of the weird things in southwestern Vermont that was going on and had gone on. So he coined that term, Bennington Triangle. But, you know, going through the history and everything like that, it goes back really far. Again, like it does on a lot of things, it goes back to the Native Americans. Um, the Algonquin tribe that was there, they talked about people going missing all the time and strange monsters in the area and Bigfoot-like creatures and UFOs. And what I found was really interesting is they had so many people that went missing the Algonquin tribes and the other tribes in the area, that they came up with a folklore that said that if you're in that area and you step on the wrong rock, it will suck you into the earth. That was a, a Native American folklore through there that you have to watch where you're walking because if you walk in the wrong spot, it will suck you into the earth and you'll disappear forever. How do you know it's the wrong spot if everybody <laughs> steps or disappears? Know. I don't know. That's a good question. Um... <laughs> But it's, it's literally what part of their, um, their what they talk about because, uh, yeah, they say don't step on the wrong rock. It suck you in and you'll disappear forever. So you can tell by that that people have been going missing in that area for a really long time. Uh, one of the first recorded ones that they, there was a span in the 40s and 50s of people that went missing. Um, and... So one of the first ones that went, well, first of all, you know, like I said, the Native Americans talked about their people going missing, that the area is cursed and um, just all kinds of weird things that are going, going on there. But when it came to, um, you know, more of other people going missing in the forties and fifties, there was a huge wave of people that went missing. And when I talk about missing, I mean, not just, you know, people that, that disappeared, but went disappeared under really strange circumstances. And they never were found. And and a lot of them never were found or were found in strange circumstances. A few people were, their bodies were found, but found in an area that had been searched over and over again, which goes along with missing 411. That's one of the things in there. Uh, or, or never found again, which is also really strange. Um, for more than two centuries, there's been people that... Uh, have disappeared and then also they've seen uh, a strange Bigfoot creature that's in the area and Glastonbury Mountains in particular they have a Bigfoot that they see um, they actually call it the Bennington Monster hmm. and it goes back to the 1800s there's a, a famous story of a stagecoach that's going through the area and the the stagecoach um, was full of passengers and it went off the road because the road washed out. And as they're trying to get it back on the road, somebody notices huge human footprints out there. And all of a sudden, they get attacked by this Bigfoot creature. Oh, wow. And um, it attacks the all the people throwing rocks and, and um, <clears throat> just trying to get them. They talk about its big eyes and how scared to death they were frightened the passengers to death and it had a horrible roar like a deep 
massive roar, way over six feet tall, throwing rocks. Sounds like a Bigfoot to me. They throw rocks, they're really tall, hairy, all of these things. But the Bennington monster is seen quite a bit, uh, especially back in the day. There's not quite as many sightings, but still some sightings as well. But it, but I think more now it's attributed to Sasquatch than a Bennington monster, even though it's the same thing, if oh, that okay. makes sense. Yeah. So uh, that's one thing that happens there. One of the other things is there's a lot of UFOs that are sighted in that area. Triangle UFOs in particular now. Large triangle UFOs. Triangles in the triangle? Oh, another triangle thing. Ooh, spooky. You just made another connection. Well, it, it uh, we kind of hear that nobody ever really knows whether Bigfoot is just indigenous to the woods or whether he might come out of a spaceship right. or like he's pets of the, of the aliens. <laughs> of the aliens, yeah. Like Chewbacca. <laughs> like Chewbacca. We talked about that. We talked about that, uh, the different ideas of where Bigfoot comes from or... It seems like he's around where the UFOs yeah. are. Yeah, and they've made that connection. Several people have made that connection. And, you know, throughout history there's um, sightings of Bigfoot directly related to UFOs coming and going. So who knows? Maybe they're studying Bigfoot. Maybe they're. Maybe, maybe they're here studying Bigfoot. You maybe know? that's why there's not as many Bigfoot. They, they've taken them, you know? Maybe. They take them in mass. <laughs> they take them in mass. Uh, could be. Who knows? That's that's interesting. But um, but again, in that small area of Benning, uh, the Bennington Triangle UFOs, and they also have, uh, again, those balls of light that we talk about. Orbs. Different orbs um, that they see and lights in the mountains, um, which we also have those here in Logan Canyon, uh, that are will o' the wisp is what the kind of the older term for them are, uh, and does that mean fairy? It is connected to the fairies. Yeah, will o' the wisp is connected to the fairies, um, and now it's it's interesting because back then, when we when in the eighteen seventeen hundreds and earlier. When they didn't think of UFOs or people coming from other planets, they associated those lights with fairies and stuff like that. And now we tend to associate them with UFOs and strange phenomena like that. You know, you and I were watching the uh, Skinwalker Ranch and they had a, a um, volleyball size um, orb floating around oh, that yeah. they got on camera. If you on remember. that last episode. Yeah, on one of the last episodes. There's a new episode we gotta watch. Oh, sweet. Um... Annie and I love that show because they're finding all kinds of weird things. And it's not far from where we are in northern hours. Utah. Yeah, a couple hours from northern Utah where we are. And and because I've studied um, the Uintas and the Uinta Mountains and, and northern Utah so much, I am really you know feel connected to that and the weird things that go on. So um, we'd love to visit <coughs> anybody listening. Um, but <laughs> or should I say I would love to visit? Would you visit Skinwalker Ranch with me? Not by myself. No, with me. Yeah. Oh, you would go to Skinwalker Ranch. Okay. Well, see if we can make that happen. Because I'm sure nobody else is trying to do that. Meet Dragon and all those guys. Oh, and meet Dragon yeah. and all those guys. Yeah, that would be cool. But, wow. I got off on a little bit of a tangent. Anyway, but like I said, balls of light they see in the area. But what makes it really famous, the Bennington area, is the missing people and the, the strange stories of the missing people. So, um, again, the missing stories go all the way back through the Native Americans. But one of the first ones that we have documented was um, uh, Carol Hick, Hick, Herrick, oh gosh, Carol Herrick, Carol Herrick. 
wow, I'm terrible with names. Carol Herrick, which was a gentleman. He was a hunter, trapper in the area, knew the wilderness, everything like that. He went on a hunting trip with a bunch of guys. This is in 1943. They were on a hunting trip, and um, they were headed back to camp. Uh, and he got ahead of everybody, which is separation point. That happens. Went around the corner on the way back to camp and disappeared. They got back to camp. He's still not there. They're not worried about it because he's a, he's a woodsman. This guy lives in the woods. They're like, oh, he, you know, he just wandered off. Goes several days before they're finally like, oh, he's not coming back. So they get tons of people to come look. These people that looked for him, hundreds of people looked for him. They all knew the area. Carol knew the area. Carl. Carl. Um, it's C-A-R-O-L. Is that Carol or Carl? Carl. I don't know. Anyway. He knew the area really well. They knew the area really well. And they never saw anything of him again. They found one shell from his rifle that they think was from his rifle. That was it. And his rifle was nowhere to no, be found. No rifle, no clothes, no nothing. Gone. Vanished. Forever. They looked for days and days and days. Hundreds of people um, scoured the area and never found hide nor hair of him. And he just disappeared on the way back to camp. Huh. After he walked around a corner in front of the guys, disappeared. So that's one of the first ones, 1943. So the next person to go missing is a 74-year-old hunting guide as well um, in the Middle River area. Okay, Another hunting guide. I don't have his name. I tried to find his name, but I couldn't find it. So he knows the area really well. It's November 12th, 1945, so two years later. Um, oh, and his, actually, I did find his name. I apologize. His name was um, uh, Mide Rivers. Mide Rivers. Okay. So Mide went missing, and they got uh, during the. He was in a party of four different people. They were in a very interesting area called Hell's Hollow. Now, if you're a fan of Missing 411 or you understand that, there's a lot of places where people go missing and it's named devils or hells or scare or you know and people don't remember why the canyons are named that but generally canyons are named things for a reason mm -hmm. but it goes down through time nobody knows remembers why we have a canyon we have several here we have devil's half acre we have a devil's gate we have hell's canyon we have scare canyon and there's reasons they're named that, but people go missing in those areas. So he goes missing in Hell's Hollow in Glastonbury. Um, uh, he again was leading a group back to camp, went around a corner in front of him, disappeared, gone forever. Hmm. Gone forever. Nobody can find him. They look forever. 300 people, members of the U.S. Army um, from the Massachusetts Fort, all came to look for him. Looked for eight days and found nothing. Wow. He disappeared and was never found again. Again, he was like, um, knew the area, everything, nothing. Completely disappeared. But what's interesting about that is he was an older gentleman at 74. And um, 
you know, it seems like in, in some places a lot of older people do go missing and are never found. But what's funny is he knew the area, he was of sound mind, um, and he couldn't have gone that far. Well, you know sounds I mean? like he was pretty healthy if he was yeah, hiking. Yeah, if he was still hiking and still hunting at that age. So, yeah, really fascinating. So he goes missing. Never find him. Later on, a year later, an 18-year-old college student named Paula went hiking on a trail on a Sunday morning. It was a December 1st, 1946. And there was a couple, an older couple, that was hiking not with her but started at the same time. She was just in front of them, went around a corner, a bend, disappeared. You know, if if people listening to this don't learn anything else, don't leave your friends. Don't leave, don't be. <laughs> don't leave the group. Don't leave the group. Don't walk around a corner, hold hands. <laughs> <laughs> Tie each other together. It's amazing how many people do that. They're just either ahead or behind the group and they're gone. They're taken. So the older couple thought, well, she's missing, Well, but she must have just hurried. They walk to the top. She's not at the top. They come back. It takes several hours of her not coming back before they finally realize she's gone. They get the word out, call the police. This had thousands of people looking for her for weeks, really? and they never found anything. It's a well-worn trail. Um... No reason to leave the wood or leave the trail. Even if you did, thousands of people looked all over that mountain. They just never found anything. It's like she was swallowed like a rock. You know, she was stepped on the wrong rock and disappeared. But it's kind of fascinating how that works. How people go dis just missing. You know, just completely disappear. So, um, exactly three years after Paula disappears. To the day, December 1st, so she died, she disappeared on December 1st, 1946. December 1st, 1949, um, James Tedford uh, was a veteran from World War II. He was a soldier, he'd come home. He got on a bus and was uh, heading to uh, St. Albans to visit relatives. He got on the bus, the bus driver saw him get on the bus. People saw him walk to the bus and sit down in his seat. They drive to um, St. Albans through the triangle. And they call out the, the stop. Now, you got to understand, the bus didn't stop. And people are like, look around, and he's not in his seat. And they search the bus, and he's not on the bus. Somehow, between... Um, where he got on the bus in St. Albans during a drive that didn't stop, he disappeared off the bus and was never seen again. Never saw his clothes, never saw anything. He didn't arrive at his, his um, relative's home. Nothing. There were 14 passengers on the bus that went on the ride with him. Not one of them saw him disappear. But they saw him walk on and get on the bus and sit down in the bus. But when they got there, gone. You gotta wonder if it's like like that time traveler's wife where the guy just like up and disappears. Up and disappears, yeah. It's really strange. That's That one probably falls under the super strangest, weirdest ever. Because it's not like he was walking in the woods and could have fallen through a hole. 
Well, and if there was a portal and you're on a drive, multiple people would be going through the portal. Right. But how does somebody disappear off of a bus? You, you just gotta be don't. plucked. Yeah. <laughs> you don't. And then to never ever be found either. And and I kind of thought what came to my mind when we were talking about this is a glitch in the matrix. Yeah, like a like a blip. Like a he blip. was like he was the blip. Yeah, he blipped. So or he he's was, there and then he's not anymore. Or he was um and like a ghost, like a repeat. Like what's the one where you they repeat what they've done before? Oh yeah, oh yeah, go like, over and over again or something. Yeah, like yeah. maybe he's always walked onto that bus and but mm. you said he's got family that knew he was alive and all this. So what's interesting, and we're gonna t- again, I'm gonna do this very same thing because I want to do an episode about you know strange disappearances like this again. In 1930s, in the 30s. There was a call that came to, in New York City. There's a call that came to the police. This guy's been hit by a car. The police show up. He's dead. They look. He's got old clothes on, like from the 1800s. He's got money from the 1800s, everything. The, the driver of the car claims he just appeared in front of the car and got hit and was killed. Go back to the 1800s in New York City. There was a gentleman that owned the shop near there that walked out to go somewhere. Walked, said people saw him walk into the street and just disappear. Wow. So they can corroborate it. They can kind of corroborate that he somehow time traveled from the 1800s to the early 30s and stepped into the road where he was expecting horse and buggy and got hit by a car and killed. (laughs) I don't know all the details of it, but it's really strange. Maybe it was something similar to that that happened. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Maybe one day somebody will be driving down that very same road and a guy will just appear out of thin air and get fall to the ground with his World War II military uniform. Who knows? I, I, I don't know. I'm just speculating. But this is what's really kind of crazy about the whole thing is that, you know, you just never know <laughs> what happened. That was just strange. You don't disappear from a vehicle. You know, well, you don't moving. expect that to happen. It's one thing know. when you're walking. but yeah. 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 And that would be so hard for, I mean, all of these cases in the 411 Bennington Triangle, all of these missing people. I think that's what's so hard is not having closure, not knowing where he went and what happened, and and not having closure is just really tough. Mm-hmm. I think. But so we skip forward a little bit. On October twelfth of nineteen fifteen, nineteen fifty, nineteen fifty, an eight-year-old boy named Paul went missing in the same area. Um, Paul was playing in um, in in the area of Pennington's Triangle. He was in the cab of his mom's truck near the town of Bennington. She left him in the truck to you know why she ran into the store. He's eight years old. Um, actually, she ran to to take care of the pigs. He was in the truck. She ran to take care of the pigs. Is what it was. And when she came back, he was gone. Um, she wasn't even sure how he got out of the truck or if he could. I guess at eight years old, you can. Um, she looked at the area, couldn't find him, reported him missing. Hundreds of people showed up, um, did a search party, um, and never found. Was never seen again. Wow. No clothes, no nothing. Gone, missing, poof. 
she wasn't gone very long, she said. She just ran out to feed the pigs, came back, left him in the truck, gone. There's a similar case here in Utah uh, in um, near 2000, the year 2000, where a gentleman was, um, again, in the Uintas deer hunting. He left his sleeping toddler in his car seat and walked out onto the hill to look. He, he disappeared. Later was found dead many, many miles away from the area, but they searched and searched and should have found that kid. Wow. Um, and that one really stuck with me because at the time the kid was the same age as my oldest, Cody, oh, wow. at the time, which it really stuck with me. Um, so he went missing. 16 days later after this boy went missing um, on the pig farm, um, Frida Langer went missing on October 28th of 1950. She and several other family members were camping in the woods right near this area, near Glastonbury Mountain. Glastonbury Mountain is a key in all of these missings. Uh, she's th uh, 53 years old, um, went with her cousin for a walk. For a little, They were going to go for a hike. They got about 100 yards from camp, and she fell into the water um, of the creek and got wet. And she says, wait here, I'm going to run and change my shoes. Ran towards camp, was never seen, you know, she disappeared. Okay. So, so weird. Um, those hundred yards, somewhere between those hundred yards where she got her feet wet and went back to get new shoes, she disappeared. Um, this is a well-worn path. No reason, you know, <coughs> no reason to get lost. She was she was just going to change her, her socks. Again, point of separation. She disappears. Okay. She was. Let's see. Um, So they did find her body seven months later, like really far away, like really far away from where she went missing. But it was an area that had been searched over and over again in all that seven months. But her body was so badly decomposed that they couldn't identify who she was or they could identify who she was, but how she died, they didn't know. Mm. So that was really strange. Um, another thing about the missing 411 is if they do find the body, it's in an area where they've searched over and over again, and then the body reappears for some reason. This one was very similar to the story of um, Garrett uh, here in Utah. Uh, Garrett disappeared in August 20th of 2004 near um, Cobrant Lake in the Uintas. Mm hmm he was camping with the scout group and his dad went him and his dad went early in the morning to the lake to fish which was less about 100 yards from camp well-worn trail one path but were one bunch of trees in between and um fell in the water got his feet wet went back to change his shoes disappeared they never found him again and what was interesting about that one it's one of the weirdest cases is this lake sits in a bowl of uh, you know um like a canyon that doesn't have a way out. You have to hike mm -hmm. up and out of it. Mm -hmm. So there's no way he could get out of there without seeing camp or seeing the lake or seeing where he was going. And they just never found anything of him either. So, so weird. It's so weird. Uh, again, you know, missing 411 stuff comes into play. All of these missing people that went missing within this time frame uh, makes you wonder if there was something quote-unquote hunting in the area at the time that yeah. so many people went missing yeah or that there was something weird going on at the time it's mm -hmm. it's hard to say but 
that is the Bennington Triangle. That's some of the weirder things that happened in the Bennington Triangle, but super strange stuff. Again, missing people under certain circumstances, never found or if they are in weird places. It's uh, it's just fascinating to me. I just find the whole thing weird, super weird. Yeah, So it is weird. And me, myself, when I was younger, um, I used to go in the mountains alone all the time, you know, but it makes me a little worried to go up or when my youngest goes by himself yeah. fishing, I try and tell him to be super careful. He wanted to walk up the canyon by himself the other day. Yesterday, he's like, we couldn't take him. And he's like, I'll walk up the canyon by myself. I'm like, no, don't think you will. <laughs> nope. Nope. Uh, but so really strange stuff, but also, you know, weird. And that's what the world's all about is the strange and weird. So, yeah. But, well, I mean, people can gloss over it and just think, you know, I mean, until it really happens to you or until it piques your interest, you know, it just probably seems like, meh, I don't know what happened. Right. It just happens, you know, but until you really look at the details surrounding it and realize just how strange it is. Yeah. You, yeah. Definitely. It's really crazy. Definitely weird. So, and it's a fascinating part of the country. I have several stories from there where I've interviewed people. Um, that I had interviewed one woman. Her stories in one of my books. They, in the seventies, they moved from New York City to upstate New York and had a, a giant um, shadow monster scaring them in the backwoods of their house, and they ended up moving. And so a lot of strange things that go on in that part of the country, like a lot of the other parts of the yeah, country. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, thanks you guys so much for joining us. I am, as always, John, and this is... Annie. Annie, and hopefully we'll catch you again next week um, on Stranger Bridgerland Podcast. And a big thanks to everybody for listening to Stranger Bridgerland Podcast. Big shout out to our great sponsors, Idaho Falls Plumbing Company. If you are in need of plumbing help, give them a call and Cache Valley Endocrine and Family Medicine for all your family medicine needs. And as always, thanks to Stranger Bridgerland book series. Check out Stranger Bridgerland. Thank you for joining us in the world of the paranormal. For more stories, visit StrangerBridgerland.com.